We are still making our way through the Word of God. Genesis to Revelation, January to December. And um, as we gather for worship each Sunday, we're, we're, we're progressing. We're, we're a second Sunday in Matthew now. Well, we were in Matthew last week, and now we're in Matthew again this week. Next Sunday we'll be in Mark. So uh, each week we get a little bit of time in each book. But uh, one of the things I like to explain about all that is, is that I titled all these, come on down, man. Don't y'all like this little picture here? There, there, there was a comic back in the day called Mutt and Jeff. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> God said it. All right. God has spoken. I like for people to understand the fact that God has spoken. God, God speaks and, 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 and opens our hearts and minds to reveal himself to us. Okay. Uh, God spoke creation into existence. Every tree, every ant, every Blade of grass, God said, let there be, and there was, okay? So we see God's spoken word all around us in creation, and then uh, and then we have God's written word, which is the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Spirit of God has, has, has identified it and protected it through the ages so that in 2022 we can read it and have confidence in God's word and, and the revelation of, of who he is to us through his word and, and the illumination of the spirit of God to explain it to us, to allow us to discern and understand what it is that God is saying and, and what he expects. And then we have the living word of God, which is Jesus himself. All of the Bible points to Jesus. Okay. I mean, even in Genesis, we've got this picture that Jordan did for us, and it's cool, uh, because it starts with creation, then you see the fall, which, which creates the chaos and the, and, and the trouble that we see in the world around us. And, and then you've got the couple, Abraham and Sarah, and the stars over their head, or the, the promise of God that their descendants would be more numerous than the stars. And then you've got the covenant with the fire and the cloud, and, and, and the people of God coming out of Egypt, which God shaped in the wilderness into a nation based on their worship and their identity in worship, you see? And and they asked for a king, and God said, no, you don't want a king. They said, yeah, we do want a king. So they got a king, and most of them were bad, right? But every time you look at the kings of Israel, you think about the king of kings that God promised, which is Jesus. So, so then we see the body of Christ because as Jesus came, he's the one that established his body, established the church and He's our Savior. And so that's the picture of the Bible right there, all of it. And, and we made copies. They lie around here in places. You can grab one if you want to. But we're in Matthew 19 today. It's a story we're all familiar with. I know as a kid, it was called the story of the rich young ruler. And, and, and it's a story that quite honestly ends sadly. And I'm going to read it to you. We're going to read verses 16 through 26. And I, I stopped in, at verse 26 for a reason, but I'm going to point out what verse 27 actually says. So here we go. Matthew 19, starting in verse 16, it says, Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which one, he asked him. Which ones? 
Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it'll be hard. For a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Pray with me, all righty. Father, indeed, we bow before you today, giving thanks that you have spoken and God, that you have spoken to us. God, that you, you, you called us. And, and this morning in Christ, uh, we have identity in you and, and every Christian in the room, God, you called them by name and, and adopted us and you made us your children. And so God, this morning as we see this, this person, this young man, whether he's a rich young ruler or not, God, we, we see this young man and we see the encounter with Jesus. And what it produced. God, our challenge this morning is to examine the encounter we've had with Jesus and see what it's produced. I give you thanks today for your incredible love for us. God, help us to love you back. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. So today I titled this message, God said it, of course, but don't trip or stumble. Don't trip or stumble because as, as Jesus is sharing with his disciples, understand the rich young ruler's already gone. This young man's already left the presence of Jesus and the disciples are asking Jesus, well, um, well, what, what, what about this? Jesus says to him, he says, it, it's tough for people with stuff to get to heaven. Okay? Notice I rhymed tough and stuff there. I didn't know. Point being is that Jesus is not, at this point, teaching the rich young ruler. At this point, Jesus is communicating with his disciples, the followers, the ones who have have given of themselves to follow Jesus. So so they're pursuing a goal. They're they're, they're on a journey with Jesus. They're they're going with Jesus. They're already in the process. So, So this is the message to us this morning. Right? Don't, don't stumble. Don't, don't, don't fall back. Don't, don't trip over anything. Because quite honestly, the world around us gives us plenty to be distracted by. Right? I wonder about this young guy. He walks up and he says, <coughs> he says, what must I do to have eternal life? So there, there, there's some preaching he's heard from Jesus. There's some, some kingdom talk that he's been made aware of. And, and, and he wants to live forever. Whether he understands that that means living forever in the presence of God. Or whether he understands that he's a young guy and he doesn't want to die. I don't know. But it's, it's worthwhile to ask the question. What good must I do to have? How can I earn eternal life? Right? Think about it. Even Christians kind of get caught up in that. 
I mean, well-meaning, godly people. You know, do and do and do and try to try to earn God's love. Had that conversation with somebody one day because they were all about the the works kind of thing. Well, I need to do this, and you got to obey this, and you got to. You do need to obey, but you don't obey out of the obligation and the legalism. You obey out of the love for God, and that's what the young guy was missing. That's what he didn't understand. Do you notice there that Jesus didn't mention the first four commandments? You notice there that Jesus didn't tell him, well, you need to have no other gods before me. You notice that? You know why? Because he knew that the guy had other gods before him. See? So there's a goal. There's an end game in this. What do you hope to, to accomplish in your life? I mean... You know, some of you are older than I am. Some of you aren't. You know, we look at those kind of things and we go, okay, well, what, what's, what's, what's it going to be like? Where, where do we hope to be when we're done? What, what, what do we hope to accomplish? I mean, you know, some people are working on, you know, properties and some people are working on portfolios and and some people are working on career structural kind of things and some people have have goals and and aims in life that they're they're trying to accomplish and and working to get there and and quite honestly there there's awful lot of opportunity to trip and stumble in those things to come up short right i remember in my 20s I told everybody that would listen to me that I was never getting married. Mm-mm. Didn't want to get married. Didn't, didn't, that was, that was, well, the truth is I could say it would be a distraction, but in honesty, I was just selfish. I, I didn't want to share me with anybody. <laughs> I liked myself in my 20s, right? I mean, I was a Christian. I was already surrendered to ministry. I was, I was in Bible college, and, and then I went off to seminary, and, and man, I was pursuing God, and I just, I was just really into pursuing God, and I wanted to pursue God, and, and, and then after I got out of seminary, and I came to Georgia, and, and there were, there were, there were people, female people. <laughs> and there is such a thing. I just point that out. Uh, female people who were trying to get my attention, right? And, and I was like, mm. Mm-mm. Man, I, I, I'm particular, okay? There's a story behind mine and Angie's marriage. 30 years ago today, I met Angie Penley. She was number three. Now, y'all think I'm talking about ranking. I'm not talking about ranking. We were getting ready to do a wedding, and I was standing here, and Lee and Jason were standing in front of me, and Angie was number three bridesmaid over there. And I'm doing the wedding. We go through the whole thing, and I'm trying to wait till everybody leaves after the rehearsal so I can lock the doors because they all stand around wasting my time. <laughs> I'm very selfish. I've already pointed that out, right? Well, this young lady standing there talking to me in the door. They're all going over somebody's house to have the whole rehearsal kind of party thing and all that, and and um, we're standing there talking. Well, I had a football game to be at because Buford High School plays football well. And so I was going to the football game that night. And I was like, you know, y'all need to get out of here so I can lock the doors and go to the football game. But 
Number three had made a, an impression on me. So I went to the football game and two of the, two of the young folks that had been in the youth program well, were sitting in front of me. Uh, that'd be, uh, Paula and, um, I can't remember his name anyway. So I said, um, there was a girl in this, this wedding party. So she had dark hair down about right here. So yeah, I said, she's a friend of Lee's, I guess, cause she's one of the bridesmaids. And Paula said, well, th- that, that's probably Angie Penley. She and Lee have been friends for a long time. Right? Okie dokie. So then October 10th, next day's the wedding. Uh, I can tell you that, that I was blinded in the moment because all the wedding party gets in place. Now, you know, before the bride comes in, you say those words. Would you all please stand? So the whole congregation stood up. All the wedding parties in place. I can blame it on, on the groom because he was really tall and I couldn't see around him. But I forgot to sit everybody down. So they stood for the whole wedding. <laughs> I think it was because Angie. I think she distracted me over there, right? So we start, you know, we're cleaning up after the reception and everything. I sneakily overheard Angie say, well, she was telling the mother of the bride that, well, you, if you need me for anything, call me. My numbers in, my dad's numbers in the book is under Charles Penley. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> to hear the story later, Angie wasn't telling the mother of the bride. Angie was saying it loud enough for me to hear it. I was thinking, cool, right? 30 years ago today. Guess what? There was a goal in that. I didn't know there was a goal in it. God had a goal in it. God, God, God started... Th- January, we've been married 29 years. You know, some of you folks have been married 60 and more. Man, I, 29 years. I told her this morning when I woke her up at 5.30, which she's... <laughs> She's not ever happy about that, but anyway. I told her, I said, we met 30 years ago and I fell in love even though I didn't know what it meant and didn't know what it was, right? I tie that all together, obviously, because of the date today. But here's the point. When Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, have you fallen in love with God? That you want to spend time with Him? That you want to hang out with God? That you want to hang out in the Word of God? That that's the goal of your life? Is to be in God's presence all the time? I hate talking on the phone. Hate it. But that was the thing in middle school, right? You're just talking on the phone. Man, I don't... mm -mm. But you see, what is it about hanging out with God? You don't need a phone. Because God meets us where we are. And if we'll pursue his presence. See, this young man pursued the son of God. What must I do to to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? You see, Jesus is explaining that God, the father, is is the only good. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He doesn't mention the, the first commandment about not having other gods. And though then he points out his God. Jesus knows the heart of all men, and so he points out to the young man, your God is your stuff. Folks, this morning, ask ourselves this question. 
Is there anything in our lives that challenges God's place? Anything. You know? Anything that, that, that you, you make more important in your life than you make God. Because see, understanding the cost of following Jesus, understanding the cost of being a believer, a Christian, means that we take up our cross daily, the, the cross, and, and when Jesus told his disciples that, he, he told them that, and he hadn't gone to the cross yet. See, the cross to the disciples at that point was that, that ruthless and horrible death that the Romans inflicted throughout the nation. And Jesus tells his followers, take up the means of your own death and come with me. You see that? Folks, we, we've got it made, y'all. You know, I mean, I ride through the community. I, I, oh man, y'all! I had a, I got a wedding this evening. Okay, I didn't know it was on Sunday when they told me the ninth. Then we talked about it, and I thought, all right, maybe I can work it out. So Sunday, the ninth. So I got a wedding tonight. I was up in Newburn last night. Anybody know what's going on in Newburn this weekend? Mom fest. Can I just encourage you, unless you want to be in the middle of that? Don't go to Newburn during Mumfest. There's no parking. Streets are all closed off. You can't get where you're going. Right? Anyway, so I go to the rehearsal last night. We're doing rehearsal time. Right? See, we've got it made. I looked around. People just enjoying Mumfest. Right? We got it made. Folks, here's the challenge, the goal, the, the pursuit of who we are is to love God with everything that we are. Not to let the distractions of the world, the things that Satan would, would roll out in front of you, the wealth of this young man in this story. He says, I've kept all those commandments since I was a young man. What do I still lack? This young man knew he lacked something. This young man knew there was something that he was missing. And Jesus laid it out for him. It's your stuff. Go sell your belongings. Give them to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Man, that's a tough word there. Young man heard that. He went away grieving. Grieving. What's that look like, y'all? What's grieving look like? He went away knowing that he had just rejected life. Couldn't give up his stuff. It's tough to give up your stuff. It's tough to give up the things that are important to you to follow Jesus. It's tough to give up the, the enticement of the world. It's tough to give up the 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 pleasure mentality of our culture it's tough to give up things you know when we live in the accumulation of things and jesus says to his disciples truly i tell you it'll be hard for a rich person 
to enter the kingdom of heaven. See, he's not saying it's impossible. He's not telling them that rich people don't get to go to heaven. What he's saying is, is the more stuff you have, the tougher it's going to be to give up your stuff. The more that you love the world and the things in it, the harder it is to love God with everything that you are. The more that you love the, what is it? Let's call it, all right? You know, I tell you, I don't make lists, but here you go. The more that you love uh, influence, the more that you love power, the more that you love uh, career, the more that you love relationships, the more that you love the immorality that this world throws out there. The more that you love that, the harder it's going to be to love God with everything that you are. What are you rich in? See? That's what he's saying right there. I like that. Truly I tell you, and then he comes back in verse 24 and says, again I tell you. You think he's making a point? Think he's emphasizing something here? Folks, I think this is one of those stories, and, and, and we had probably two chapters, maybe one chapter to read for today, basically. I forgot what the breakdown was on the reading through the Bible, but I know that Matthew 19 was in it, and I looked at this, and I was like, whoa. Wow, I look at the world around me, and I see people worshiping all the wrong things. I see people making idols out of stuff that just just is not worthy of our attention certainly is not worthy of our devotion i see people worshiping people you know maybe they're worshiping the 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 folks that um they admire maybe they worship a cause Maybe they worship the created instead of the creator. See, that's the big warning of Romans, and we're going to spend some time on that next year. They exchanged the worship of God for the worship of the creation. Wow. Final point. Avoiding the obstacle. This is a tricky part right here because he says, again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Disciples heard this and were astonished. Now, I've heard preachers try to work around this camel eye of a needle thing. You know, in our modern vernacular, the eye of a needle is one of those things I can't see anymore. I remember as a kid, mom would say, here, thread this needle. And I could, man, I could hold that needle up and go, stick it right through there. Now I look up there and I go, Truth is, I don't do that often. I don't mess with needles and thread. But 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 whatever. Now, if there was truly a, a, a low gate that... And I've heard this preached. I don't know. I didn't research it, so hold that against me. Um, that there was a low gate that, that, that the camels had to get down on their knees um, to, to, to kind of inch through at some place in the wall of Jerusalem to get into the city. And it's more difficult for a camel to get through the... And that gate was called the eye of the needle. And, and maybe that's the case. I don't know. I don't care what the case is. What he's saying is, is that when you're worshiping the stuff of this world, it's going to be hard to surrender that. 
to love God with everything that you are. That's Jesus' warning right there. You see? Who can be saved then? With man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. See, when when we are willingly, what, sacrificing self, stuff, when we're willing to put God on the throne of who we are, God's promise is redemption. Avoiding the obstacle. Folks, this, this reminds me of the roaring lion. Satan really wants to trip you up. Jesus says in John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan watches you. Satan keeps a catalog of what can what what you're most easily tempted by. See that? Man, avoid those things. All right, so I've watched a couple of movies this week. I watched a there's an author. She has lots of books in our library. I think her name's Francine something or another. Rivers, is that her name? Okay, so there was a movie on one of my streaming opportunities about redeeming love. That's what it was. Anybody heard of that one? See, all, a lot of the ladies are nodding. Us guys, we're going, I ain't never heard of that. Anyway, it was a Western, and I like Westerns. Okay? And... uh and I should have taken a clue. I, I'm, y'all, I admit it now. There's kids in the room, so i got to be careful. But sometimes when I'm watching a movie, I'm a little bit of an idiot. The, the guy's name in the movie was Michael Hosea. I should have gotten a clue at that point. Because he, he had to keep going back and getting his wife. But it's a movie. And if I'm not mistaken, it was on Amazon Prime. And so, so I'm watching it, and and so much about the movie was just about loving God and God's redemption and God's love for me. And I'm going to admit, this is why I don't watch these movies, because then I turn right around and watch Barton Millard's, Millard's uh, I Can Only Imagine. So two movies in a row, and I'm just like, ah! But you know, you know what it provoked in me? I just want to hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise God. I just want to hallelujah. The story of a movie. Yeah, okay. I read, I read books and stuff like that. And, but something in it, in the world, and I admit, Amazon Prime, Netflix, all of them. Man, Satan's got more stuff on there than God does. Okay? And so he's trying to distract us from loving God, from just praising God, from just being in the presence of God. You see? So avoid the distractions. Stay away from the things that you know could cause you to stumble and fall. Avoid those things. That's Jesus, I mean, Paul's one wrote it, said, you know, abstain not just from evil, but from the appearance of evil. Don't go near it. 
the point today. Follow Jesus. No matter what. Sin will hurt you. It will discourage you. It will do harm to those around you. Avoid it. Don't play in it. Don't give in to it. Avoid it. Go the other way. That's what repentance means. To turn from it. Okay? Guess what? We're all like the rich learned ruler. We come to Jesus. I believe the Spirit draws us to Jesus to have eternal and abundant life. If you know Jesus, if you've surrendered to Him, you got it. But it's worth examining our lives to see if there's idolatry there. There's stuff there. There are things there that we've been unwilling to give up. I just want to hallelujah. I just want to praise God. Okay? Pray with me. Father, thank You for today. Thank You that You know me. God, You know what gets my attention. God, You know that 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 Satan wants to get my attention. You know that that the world around us is trying to to distract us from the the good things where Paul says, think on these things, meditate on these good things, these these praiseworthy things, these things that have value. God, I just want to praise you. I just want to worship you. I just want to bow before you. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for for giving your son Jesus that we might have life and we might have it abundantly. God, help us to know you. Thank you for what you've done. God, help us simply to surrender in Jesus' name. Amen.